There's never too many cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> you just got to get the guy to get out the kitchen that's not a cooker. And you got Cook, you got Kurt, you got two cooks, you got a chef and a sous chef. That's what you got to have. Kirk's going to be the chef. Dalvin's going to be a sous chef. He's going to be back there helping him out, getting the blocks. He's going to be the outlet guy. He's going to get him 100 yards a game when he needs to because they're going to have to play in nickel. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One-of-a-kind opinions, big-name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. And on today's episode of the Ron Johnson Show, we're going to have former Gophers legend Terrence Campbell, former linebacker, but more importantly, great human being, teammate of Marion Barber, uh, his entire time at Minnesota, him and Marion were teammates for about four years because yeah, Marion got hurt and then went to the NFL after his fourth year. So Terrence Campbell has been with him a long time, has some great Marion Barber stories. Some he might not be able to tell, but we'll see about that. And then it's the Daily Three, of course, coming up. But first, we got to talk about the Vikings. Now, everybody's so excited. It's a honeymoon phase, I'd say we're in right now with the Vikings. And we're going to like talk about what happens after the honeymoon. For those that have been married, you know what I'm talking about. You, you're getting to know somebody now for the first time. Even though you were dating and whatever, you might have lived together. Marriage changes a lot of stuff. You're now one. And so now Kevin O'Connell is now becoming one with the state of Minnesota, with his team. The teammates now have to learn this new system. And it's, it's going to start to come together eventually. But then what's next? We're going to talk about what's next on the Ron Johnson show, but first a word from our sponsors. What's the latest and greatest thing at built bar. It is the mud pie. We've been telling you about the puffs. We've been telling you about their mixed box. Well, today I'm going to tell you about the mud pie flavor for the first time ever built is introducing the mud pie bar and the mud pie puff. Not sure what mud pie tastes like. If you're a chocolate fan, you better sit down. It is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate topped with cookies and cream crumble. Mmm, so good. You got to try it as soon as possible because they're only available for a limited time. Go to uh, built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. 150 calories, only 8 grams of sugar, 16 grams of protein. Covered in 100% real chocolate, healthy and tasty. What a combo. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Well, Sam, we got we to gotta talk about this, man. Like, we got we to gotta <laughs> talk about the Vikings. And you're married. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Eventually, mm -hmm. things are going to go wrong. Something's going to go wrong. There's no way. I mean, unless the Vikings go, what, 14 and 2, 14 and 3, I don't think there's a way that this can just be smooth sailing the whole way through. Like something's going to happen, whether it's the fans are going to question it, the players are going to question each other. Uh, but maybe Kevin O'Connell has the right touch. Like maybe he knows he's seen the pitfalls of other teams and things that happen. Maybe, maybe not. Some things you just are inevitable. So, Sam, for me, and, and you posed the question, um, what are some stumbles early in the season? Well, one, miscues. 
So we, we've, we're hearing a lot about variety within this playbook. We're hearing a lot about the ability to, to create your own, the ability to, 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 to make your own route within the route, uh, based off coverage, nothing crazy. But with all of that mental thinking, you know, and hopefully maybe the preseason wheezes out, that, that slows you down a little bit. Defensively, I don't see too many issues or stumbles defensively. I, I really don't. Like 3-4 three, to 4-3. There might be some gap integrity assignment stuff, but I mean, you got some high, some high level thinking defensive guys. Your your safety, you have a, a really a really smart elder safety back there helping Lewis Seen. You have a really elder cornerback helping Andrew Booth Jr. Um, so I, I think the pieces you have a Cam Dancer over there that can help him. You have a, a Channing Sullivan. So I, I think you have the DBs that can help the young DBs. You have the linebackers that are all vets. You have the, the the defensive line. I mean, Asezia Tamewu. You you got Harrison Phillips. You got those other guys. Um, Daniil Hunter. They can help the young guys. Offensively, though, it's not so much of needing help because they're all vets. Like, there's not really a rookie on the offense that's going to get a ton of like, oh, we need this guy. It's not going to be the Justin Jefferson year. But the change within the offense, that's a huge change when you're letting your quarterback make changes. I think that's the stumbles. I think – Kirk Cousins is going to have to not second guess himself. You know, it's one of those things. I forgot what movie it is, but, you know, it's one of those things where when you're in a new relationship, you question yourself based off the old relationship. And then eventually that wall comes down and you're just like, look, I'm going to be me. And I think that's where they have to get to with some of the mistakes that are going to happen. Some of the second guesses are going to happen uh, when they're not getting out of Kirk or the offense, what they think they should or what they want. Um, but my hope is he's spending enough time with them that he's going to he's gonna break them down quicker than later, and it's not going to take week three or four in the season. It's going to happen during training camp in the preseason. That, hey, look, walls are broken down, but they're going to stumble at some point. And, and I think that's where it's the most uh, noticeable will be some of the offensive miscues. What do you think, Sam? Ron, do you remember the catchphrase in Seattle, let Russ cook, when the Seahawks <laughs> wanted Russell Wilson to air it out, let yeah. it loose? They were no. frustrated that they were running the ball so much. They wanted him to let it out. Well, what if the Vikings let Kirk cook? And what if he doesn't cook very good meals? What if it's not very, very tasty when Kirk Cousins prepares these uh, 40 passes per game entrees? What if Kevin O'Connell unleashes this guy and he makes critical mistakes. He throws pick sixes when given more opportunities to make mistakes. Maybe there are strip sacks. Maybe there are fumbles. What if opening the door to this new Kurt Cousins throw the ball all over the place universe unlocks a bad version of Kirk? I think that could be the stumble is that mm. Kevin O'Connell realizes that ah, maybe this guy is better in a run first offense. Maybe, maybe we do need to put him in a little bit more of a cocoon. I think that could create some some interesting tension. Um, and it's funny because the fan base has been been asking for a while now, you know, go to pass first, stop running on second and long. But what if that's not the best play for Kirk Cousins? And what if it takes a while for Kevin O'Connell to realize that? Well, the Rams were a pass first team to get to the run. We have Dalvin Cook, so that's definitely better than what the Rams had in their backfield. So I think Kevin O'Connell is smart enough to, to know when to mix it in, when not to, not to be predictable, um, you know, not to just come out and fit. Whatever I feel, that's my first 15 plays. Like, you know, like I, I think Kevin O'Connell is going to head more of that because he played with with Tom Brady, you know, and, and he's, he's seen what, what offenses look like when they work. Um, this is where I go with that, though. So you, say, you use the word cocoon. 
eventually he's gonna he's gonna have to become a butterfly it might not be the prettiest butterfly it might might not be the blue green orange butterfly but it might be the yellow brown that hey it's still a butterfly still flies around still looks good gets the job done the other part of this if kirk does like if he's not good when he's cooking Mike Zimmer's gonna get on the podcast. Like Mike Zimmer's gonna get on some show eventually, or it's gonna come out. And I'm not gonna say he's gonna directly just say, I told you so, but it, it's gonna get. And if Everson Griffin's not picked up, he's gonna probably get involved in this as well. If it just does not go right. And then that opens the door for the Vikings to have a horrible season and go draft a first round quarterback. The problem is, who? Like, do you go get the kid from Alabama? Is he gonna come out? You know, the kid from uh, USC that just followed Lincoln Riley. I mean, there's there are some opportunities to go out there and get one of these quarterbacks, but is that the is that the answer? Is that, are, and is that a high enough pick? You know, if the Steelers find a way again, because the Steelers always find great receivers, if the Steelers find a way again to make Kenny Pickett the next Ben Roethlisberger, like it's time to start getting some of these Steelers scouts to become your next, you know, director of player operations or something. Because clearly the Steelers are doing something right. I mean, the Antonio Brown, uh, Chase Claypool, Deion Johnson, Deontay Johnson, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, they're always finding late-round guys and turn them into great receivers. And um, that that's what might happen. If Kirk doesn't do well, then you got to go get a quarterback. But I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be just fine. I think he's going to get it done. I think that, you know, his his confidence in Justin Jefferson. What's the worst that can happen if you throw the ball up to Justin Jefferson one-on-one? He's going to catch it. The point. worst is he's going to drop it. Like, I don't think Justin Jefferson is the guy that's going to let Kirk get interceptions because he wants Kirk to do that. Like, he, when Kirk did not throw him the ball, when he was single-covered in the back of the end zone, and you remember this, the cameras heard it, it was loud. He was like, F, Kirk, throw me the ball. And and yeah. and then you know people of course try to make it into a drama and like a pro just hey look man it's emotions out there. What receiver is not going to say that? I'm not mad at Kirk. That's just what I said. I could have said Frick Kirk throw me the ball. Like I'm just saying Kirk throw the ball. Like throw it to me. And I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to get more and more confidence. And Kevin O'Connell's going to tell him like look, if you make that throw, and the DB steps in front of him, I can live with that. What I can't live with is you dumping it off in his third and ten. And you had an opportunity to go for the first down or the touchdown. And so I think that's going to be the mindset they're going to have to do to get Kirk out of this. And, hey, let Kirk cook. I don't know if that's the thing, but maybe it becomes a thing. Because when Kirk's cooking and there's a chef in the kitchen, we got Dalvin in the backfield. It just seems to work. Or is it too many cooks in the kitchen if we do Nah, there's never too many cooks <laughs> in the kitchen. You just got to get the guy to get out the kitchen is not a cooker. And you got Cook, you got Kirk, you got two cooks, you got a chef and a sous chef. That's what you got to have. Kirk's going to be the chef. Dalvin's going to be a sous chef. He's going to be back there helping him out, getting the blocks. He's going to be the outlet guy. He's going to get him 100 yards a game when he needs to because they're going to have to play in nickel to deal with this new offense. And that's going to leave a lot of run lanes for Dalvin Cook to get going. So that's what I think is going to be most exciting about this offense is they're going to free up lanes for Dalvin Cook. It's not going to be any more – eight nine man boxes good luck because kevin o'connell wants you to go eight nine man box so he can unleash what he has in his offense without well, to do it for the first swing of the ron johnson show we want to thank all those that continue to listen on itunes and spotify and wherever you get your podcast we thank you iheart you know wherever you're getting your podcast please continue to do so also for those watching on youtube thanks for subscribing and continue to stick with us coming up next it's our interview we got terrence campbell former Gophers legend, and we'll be back after this.
Well, up next on the Ron Johnson Show is promised. We got Terrence Campbell, former gopher, great linebacker. You know, some of you remember big hits. Tall, skinny kid came in as a young freshman, ended up being a really good player under that system with Glenn Mason. Before we bring Terrence Campbell in, though, we have a word for our sponsors. Yes, we do. It's Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, which are almost over, MLB scores, fights, and next season's NFL futures, plus live betting esports and plenty more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts let's get into terrence campbell and now as promised go for great terrence campbell uh he spent a lot of time with marion barber i remember those two coming in as freshmen uh let, let's let's just say that freshman class uh was one to be remembered just because of the pranks the things we did to him so as i bring terrence campbell into the show uh, Terrence, man, I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson show, man. Uh, Terrence, I don't know if you, you were a part of this group that, you know, it was kind of like hazing, but I wouldn't call it hazing because the freshmen stole, uh, I think it was either Tellus Redmond or Jack Brewer's truck. So they stole his truck. Uh, they were putting signs <laughs> like signs from the election onto the back of his car. Uh, we ended up having Matt Baz handcuffed in the bathroom. I mean, it was it, it was like an epic summer with you guys, man. But I'll never forget uh, just seeing you guys coming in bright-eyed and then actually contributing on special teams, actually being a part of the locker room, like like gelling right away. And uh, you were one of those guys, man, Jared Ellison, Jakari Wallace. Uh, but Terrence, like, as we're talking about the current Gopher program, as an alumni, when you first heard Roll the Boat, what did you think then and what do you think now? Uh, man, when when I first heard it, um, I didn't know what to think. You know what I mean? Um, it was similar, you know, back when I was playing. Uh, Coach Hudson was our D, D coordinator, and he, we used the phrase of "burn the boats." Um, so you know, he gave us the whole history lesson on you know the burn the boats. Um, so when I heard "row the boat," that's you know, first thing I thought of was you know, man, they're saying it wrong. And then uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I did a little research, and then you know, I, I figured out, you know, I learned uh, Coach, you know, lost a child, and then you know what it meant to him, and, and so. It kind of stuck with me. I, I, I find myself saying row the boat, you know, uh, when I get in a position, you know, I feel stuck. I just, you know, you just, if you row, you're going to keep going. As long as you keep rowing, you're going to keep going. That's that's what it means to me. Man, you put it perfectly, man. I wish more people, uh, ha and you're a smart guy, man. Like, for those that don't know, man, Terrence Campbell is killing it uh, in Texas. I mean, if you haven't seen his freestyle, I mean, he's done some stuff for Ella DeGeneres. Um, you know, he, he's, he's, he's freestyling for car dealerships cause he's a marketing director, but now he's doing real estate. He's rapping, uh, to sell houses as well. Like it's just his marketing thing that to gain that interest, man. And I'm not gonna lie, man. Like I, I, I checked you out at first, you know, I was like, man, this dude can't rap. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's actually like, this guy's like putting it down. So, you know, I got, I got to tip my hat to you on that, but you know, from the Atlanta area, you know, big boy, Andre 3000, you know, rap is big. Georgia Tech, Georgia, all those schools in Atlanta. Why Minnesota, uh, you know, when you got recruited by Minnesota? Man, you know, honestly, it was it was one of those things where I was just being coachable. Um, and so my head coach at the time, he gave us all, you know, the if you get a if you get an um offer, take it. You know, he gave us that speech. And um, you know, I I was I'm the oldest child in my family, no cousins, no uncles. 
my, my dad didn't play sports. So, you know, I'm like the guinea pig, you know, I'm, I'm learning. So nobody can really give me any guidance um, aside from my coach. So the first visit I went on was to Minnesota. The first offer I got was from Minnesota. I accepted it. Um, you know, it was a big 10. I had a, well, I had a couple of, you know, one double A offers, um, few of them, but you know, you know, big 10, you get to play under the, on TV. And then, um, but that's, that's how, you know, ultimately I, I didn't want to go to Minnesota from Atlanta, no shade to Minnesota, but I mean, it was my visit. I, it was maybe like six, seven inches of snow. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, but they offered me. So I, you know, being coachable, I accepted. Um, but it ended up turning to be a great time, man. Great time. I'm glad I did go to Minnesota. Yeah, man. And being coachable is part of the, like, you know, that's what Coach Fleck always talks about, man. Being able to be molded, evolve within a system, be coachable. And you definitely were one. Um, looking at, you know, this, this your time there, you know, in Minnesota. And, and I remember my memories. You know, I had Ron Dane on the show, former uh, Badgers running back. I played him twice, you know, my freshman year, my my sophomore year. So we talked about a lot of memories there. You know, Iowa, same thing. But what are some of your memories, you know, playing against Wisconsin and Iowa? My biggest memory against Wisconsin was that walk-off uh, field goal by Reese Lloyd. Um, you know, we was we was down bad. Like I don't, I don't even think we had X prior to um, Reese um, Lloyd making that kick. So I, that was that was my biggest um, Wisconsin memory, aside from my first time playing at the stadium um, in Madison. And they was, you know, the whole stadium was doing that jump around thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but th that was uh, Wisconsin. My my biggest memory between the two is from Iowa. Two of them, actually. My freshman year, maybe sophomore year. One of those years I got my ankles broken by uh, Brad Banks, the quarterback. Um, so that, that was a big memory. And then I redeemed myself a year later, though, down in, in Iowa because I got a sack against uh, Robert Gallery. Who end up, you know, being like first or second pick to the Raiders. Yep. But I got a sack against him, and then I did uh, did the eight town stump. So those, <laughs> but those are my biggest uh, Iowa memories, right there. <laughs> Not the ankles, bro. At least you didn't get hurt, man. Because Asano's side, he got his his legs got taken from him from Antoine Randallel, and I'll never forget he tore his ACL. So oh. at least you was able to like walk away from that one and then come yeah. back, but. Um, you know, and as we know, man, like to, 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 it's tough to talk, but we, you know, you have to do it as men sometimes, man. I think we don't share it enough with each other. I think we don't bring it up, especially in the black community, man. Like when, when, when somebody dies or when something tough happens, uh, we tend to just ignore it, you know, and, and Marion Barber recently passed his memorials coming up, uh, June 22nd. And so when you think about that, like I, I had my memories of, of Marion, we had Daryl Reed on Tony Patterson, a bunch of guys have come on the show and they've shared, what is your memory? Cause you spent a lot of time with Marion in, mm -hmm. in your time at Minnesota. Cause you guys came in together. Yeah, man, I got a, I got a ton of memories. Uh, I got, I'll share a few, um, pretty short. So I got one when I first discovered, you know, my music stuff, I, I wasn't as good as I am now. Um, but we had a setup and we used to make, uh, it was me and Marion and it was one, I think it was Pierre Jackson. So we was like, you know, this is around the time when a 50 cent started. So G unit. So I forget the name what we called our group, but we was a group, me, Marion and Pierre and then Jakari and two other people was G were junior G unit. 
So we'd make diss tracks against each other. Like we was like real deal beefing, you know, fake beefing. But you know, <laughs> so that was one thing. And then um, I'm gonna say my my when I really realized Marion was MB was in practice. Um, like we had a battles, you know, um, but it was always on, you know, because I play linebacker. It was we most of the time we made contact. It was on an angle. Yeah. Well, this particular day, um, they were, I forget the name. It was like a little misdirection play. So I took the wrong step and my feet got crossed. Yep. And I, and it was like, by the time my feet were crossed, it was Marion was like right there. So I still tried to wrap up. And then I, you know, we, I, we made contact. And then um, next thing I know, one, one of the, my teammates was coming to check me out and coach me. <laughs> Wanted to make sure I was still good, so that was like, oh yeah, Marion is a Marion is MB. Yes, it's, it's a grown man right there, man. Uh, so no, <laughs> those are my two. I, well, I got another. I can't share that on air. You know, it's locker room talk, but that's <laughs> 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 a good dude, man. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a <laughs> it's something you can't share. I know, I know, because I know we get we were me and Daryl Reed, a couple other guys, Tony Pastor, we talk about. Greg White, Styles G White, and some of this yeah. weird stuff he used to do. I mean, you were there for some of it. <laughs> like some of the stuff he would do in the locker room. So yeah, man. Yeah, some stuff. Yeah. Some stuff. Let's just say he we had we saw some Skittles and then we didn't see him no more. <laughs> we was like, man, what is this guy over here doing, man? Like so we but you know, last one, man, before I let you get out of here, man. You know, as a man, you know, as you grow and you look at your time, you know, your time in Minnesota. Uh, your time now in the business world, I, you know, I see you doing great things out there, man, continuing to, you know, level up every, you know, every time you feel like you can get better, you do something else. And you're like, you know, what? I can challenge myself to do this. If you can give advice because you're looking at now kids getting NILs, you know, in high school, now coming to college and then, you know, making the right decisions in college. If they're not going to make it to the NFL, you know, what's the next step? What, what's some advice you can give some of these young players, um, you know, in their ventures from college to, to real world life? Oh, man. Well, I'm going to tell all kids, the same thing. I, I got a daughter. She's a sophomore. My oldest child is a sophomore. I tell her to, to mo make sure you invest some, your time. If it's an elective, if it's a requirement, make sure you study economics mm -hmm. and pay attention. Like the probably the most underrated and the most important class or course you will ever experience in all education is going to be economics. If you can just take that to heart and apply that knowledge that you get in economics to real life, you're going to be great. Yeah, man. And that, and then, you know, I got to throw one more at you. You know, like any coach, you say you got 16, 110s. Hey, get back on the line. You got one more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, looking at, you know, Gophers not having to really break down rosters, who they have, who Wisconsin has, who Iowa has, from a mindset, you know, because when you go into those Iowa-Wisconsin Iowa battles, man, it's just a mindset. It doesn't matter – who, what your record is, who's on what side of the, you know, what's a mindset the Gopher players need to have this year thinking that because they, people are saying they can win the West and to win the West, they have to be Iowa, Wisconsin. So what's a mindset these players can take into this 22 season, knowing that if they beat Wisconsin and Iowa, they're probably big 10 West champs. Well, I, th I think it starts at, on an individual level. Um, I think if every individual person shows up, and say that I'm going to beat my man. Like, mm -hmm. my man is not going to beat me. It don't matter who the team is. I mean, you look at when my four years, we, we beat Alabama. Yeah. We beat we beat uh, Oregon, who was, yep. you know, and we beat Arkansas. These was, you know, 
two SEC teams and a Pac-10 team that was running through people yeah. um, because we had the mentality. And I think, like, a lot of guys, especially in Minnesota, like, you already going to Minnesota, you're an underdog. It yeah. don't matter. Like, you would – you the underdog. So if you if you take that underdog mentality into the game, like I'm not gonna my man is not gonna beat me. And one of y'all gotta win, that means you win. And yeah. if you if everybody if you take that mentality, the whole the team gonna win. That's that's just what it boils down to. Well, there you have it, man, from Terrence Campbell, Gophers. We know what you got to do to win this year. Big Ten West, a lot of people, it's, that's the three, it's a three-headed race right now. Wisconsin, Iowa, and uh Minnesota. And you heard from Terrence Campbell what you think also. You heard his roll to bolt. But up next, we got the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Stay tuned for that. Well, you've heard about the Viking stumbles. You've heard from Terrence Campbell. If you haven't, go back and watch those segments on the Ron Johnson show. But up next now, it's the daily three. It's three questions, three minutes each. Sam's going to throw them at me. I'm going to knock them down. Take it away, Sam. Twins were off on Thursday, but they are in uh, the place you just were, Ron. They're in Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks over the weekend. But here's my question. Looking ahead at the schedule, eight of the next 14 games the Twins play against the Cleveland Guardians. Now, the Guardians are heating up. They've won eight of their last 10. They're two and a half games out of first place behind the Twins. They're creeping up behind them. Mm-hmm. And they play eight times in the next 14. So after that stretch is over, Ron, they'll have met eight times. Who will be leading the Central? Uh, the Twins will be leading the Central still. Uh, it's going to be close, though. I, I think of those eight, it's going to probably go like five to three, the Twins. Um, but again, this is where the rubber meets the road. But I think the Twins have it. Like when you know the team is close that you're playing, it, it, it notches it up a bit. You know, that's the problem with baseball. 162 games, it's tough every single night to come out and play your best of the best of the best that you can play. Like, it's it's just one of those things, like, you just you just can't do it in baseball. It's so hard, and, and that's why the playoffs are so much fun because the intensity's ratcheted up. The plays are going up. Everybody's high alert, high level, high level play, everything. You can't do that in 162 games. It's just you're tired, you're traveling, you're on the road. But I'd say the eight out of the 14, those eight against the Guardians, Twins are going to go five and three versus the Guardians. Twins will still be leading the Central. They've got another one of those funky uh, five-game series like they had against Detroit because they have yeah. a doubleheader one day. So they got five games in Cleveland. Remember what happened? Detroit, Detroit. yeah. What was it? Four to one? Detroit yeah. Won? Yeah. And I picked I picked four to one the other way. I thought the Tigers would get one and the Twins would just rattle them off and mm-hmm. the Tigers found a way. But again, that's because you have 162 games. And when you know how bad a team is, sometimes you mentally just don't come out saying – I need to get big hits. I mean, honestly, I keep going back to my daughter's softball team or 10 UT. It's the same way. When we know we're playing an A team, the girls are paying attention. Everybody's high alert. Everybody's going. And then when you play a team that you're like, oh, we can beat them. Like girls are like eating sunflower seeds. They're over there chewing gum, talking, playing around. Like they're just not paying attention. I think it's it's a human thing. Like when you don't feel like this team can do anything with you, you, you don't show up. And then by the time you realize they're beating your butt, it's too late. And you just can't get that energy back. And you just have to wait for the next series. And so I think the Twins, I think the, the Tiger series was a help for them to not do that again. There was a trade in the NBA yesterday, Ron. Um, Dallas and Houston executed a trade where Dallas gave away the 26th pick and a couple players with expiring deals. And they got Christian Wood back in return. So they gave up their pick to get a player that could help them right away. 
Would you be opposed to the Wolves doing something similar, giving up their pick, number 19, to get someone who's a little older, more of a veteran that can help them immediately? Yeah, when you look at Christian Wood, you know, 6'11", power forward, um, you know, can can play the center, can guards, you know, because you don't have the true shacks anymore. So he's a guy that can, if you go, not say play small ball, but if you have a Luka and you do some other stuff, get a couple guards out there. Because honestly, in the West, when you think about what happens in the West, you got to have four guys that can handle the ball. When you think about the Warriors, like their death lineup, as they call it, where Draymond's the five. Well, you put a guy in there like Christian Wood as your four, five, your five at 6'11", who's technically a power forward. He has an advantage of height over Draymond. And honestly, a lot of teams make moves right now to deal with the Suns and the Warriors. Those are kind of the two. You got to deal with the Suns and the Warriors in the West. And so what do the Suns have? DeAndre Ayton. So we need somebody to be able to bang with him. But then they also have Devin Booker. So we need somebody to go shot for shot with him. The, the Mavericks, like, they figured it out. And so now it's like, Let's keep let's build on this. Like we were we were this close. We were right there. We had it. Like they thought they had it and they just couldn't get over the finish line. And so that that's where you, you what's next? Like let's add a guy who can move a little bit better, who can be a swing guy, uh who can who can get us some some rebounds. For the for the uh Timberwolves, I don't see why not. Like if you don't feel like that pick is going to come in and play right away and there's a guard out there and you're like, "Look, D'Angelo Russell is not the guy." Um, then you go get him. But if you're like, hey, do you the rest of the guy? The guy we need is somebody to play right under cat, like a three, a really solid three, like a six, seven, six, eight guy, you know, who can be a, a, a big time player. Uh, not they don't have to be the man, like we just need somebody to fill it, like an Andrew Wiggins. Maybe go back and get Andrew Wiggins. You put Andrew Wiggins with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> I mean, why not? It's new ownership, new front office. You see what Wiggins can do now when he has scores. You have scores in D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe go back and get Wiggins. He can come in and be that 6'8 swing guy like he's doing. Split the Red Sea. Now, the big difference is they don't have a shooter, and Anthony Edwards has to improve his shooting to make Wiggins a viable option. But I wouldn't be opposed to going back and trading for Wiggins and giving the Warriors your first-round pick if they're willing to do that. But that's just me. That is a, a scalding hot take. Um, that's I love it though. I I kind of like the Ben Beacon idea. The the Locked On Wolves host who we interviewed, he suggested maybe packaging the big contract of Russell with the pick and tell the team, hey, we'll give you a first round pick. Take this contract off our hands. It'll be off your books in a year. Give us back this piece. And I, I don't I don't know who that team is yet. Right. I haven't studied it closely enough, but. That, to me, might be the best way to unload that Russell contract if, indeed, yeah. you want to get out from it. Yeah, and that's not the Warriors. The Warriors don't need another guard. So that's not the Warriors. You got you to find another Russell. team. Yeah, Russell. and it's, it's not the Sixers because they got guards. You know, it's not the Suns. They have guards. It's got to be a team like the Mavericks. I mean, the Mavericks just did it again. Like, it could be the Mavericks because, like, they have Luka. Uh, maybe they needed D'Angelo Russell, and they're willing to just keep moving pieces to 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 get it, and then they get a first round pick back, and then maybe they give up a player. You know, who knows? But eh, it probably won't happen. That's too much for them. All right, next question. There were ludicrous takes coming from Tyreek Hill on a podcast recently. At least in my opinion, you'll see what you think. He said that Tua Tungvaloa is more accurate of a passer than Patrick Mahomes. Um, what are we thinking here, Ron, on on this Tyreek? podcast rant about Tua versus Mahomes 
Well, the fact that Tyreek Hill doesn't even run real routes sometimes, like Patrick Mahomes is playing pickup basketball on the football field at times. He's running around, he's throwing sidearm, he's throwing no look, no look passes. Everybody is accurate when they're in shorts. Tua, we're not debating that he's not a good quarterback. He went to Alabama. He played well there. He, you know, he did some national championship type stuff. He was a good player. Him and Jalen Hurts, you know, both like good quarterbacks. But until the bullets start flying, until you got to throw with shoulder pads and a helmet on with a 330-pound guy running at you or a 290-pound Aaron Donald or a 260, 70-pound Daniel Hunter in your face, Let's see how accurate you are. Like Patrick Mahomes can do that and make that sidearm throw around Daniel Hunter or a, a flip of the wrist right behind Harrison Smith's head. We've seen it. Like we've seen him do that to the Vikings. I don't know if Tua can do that. But again, you're trying to hype your, your, your teammate up that you're with now. Um, the team traded you because they didn't want to give you the money that you wanted. Patrick Mahomes kind of like responded back. I haven't heard his comment, but I saw him on the podium responding to it as well. It is what it is. It, it, it's you just like trying to have your boys back. Uh, Scotty Pippen is saying Michael Jordan wasn't the best player ever. Like, okay, come on now. Like people say outlandish stuff so that we talk about them. And hey, Tyreek Hill, we're talking about you. Um, the season is like when the – I can't wait for the season now. Like I'm getting like, like or 90 days. It's getting itchier and itchier because lot now we get to see Tua with Tyreek. And the minute he underthrows him or he throws an underthrown and Minka Fitzpatrick picks it off or somebody picks it off, uh, you know, from the Cardinals or something, then everybody's going to go back to that take and be like, how accurate? I mean, he's really accurate throwing it to the other team. You're definitely right there. You know, like, I just I wouldn't put that pressure on Tua because who knows if he can handle it. Uh, Tyreek Hill should be kissing Patrick Mahomes' feet because that quarterback got him $120 million, I think, guaranteed dollars. True. So I, I wouldn't uh, bite the hand that feeds me if I was Tyreek. But hey, it, we'll see how it goes in Miami. They might be good. They might. I, they're a wild card to me. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we we got one minute left, Ron. I'm gonna give you a chance to talk about the Warriors championship. They win the series four games to two. They hang on after a big first half against the Celtics. Um, Steph Curry's got four rings. Yeah, I mean, so this is the thing I look at. They were up at in the half. They pretty much controlled the game uh, early in the fourth quarter, up 10, uh, 78 to 68. That's one of those things for me that Steph just became Steph. Like, Steph did what he had to do. But Andrew Wiggins, like, in the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, Andrew Wiggins had done just enough and did just what Klay Thompson did. They had the same 12 points. Draymond was not the third fiddle. Like, Draymond... Like, he said he was going to play livid this game. I don't know what that means exactly. Like, I was I was expecting, like, livid is, like, angry. Like, I'm, like, pissed off. Like, not angry, like, in a good way. Livid is like, man, I'm sick of this. I suck. Like, I don't understand that word that he tried to use in that instance. But, like, Draymond, he just wasn't there. But Andrew Wiggins was. And I talked about that earlier. Andrew Wiggins, back to the Timberwolves. Why not? A-Rod, get it done. It's a, it's a new regime. Like, go get your first-round pick and make it viable. Like, make show the world, like, Andrew Wiggins can get it done in a Timberwolves uniform. Bring the championship mentality back. Show the guys, like, look, man, I apologize. I wasn't ready yet. Now I'm a champion. I know what it takes. I've been in the locker room with the greats. I've been in the locker room with two Hall of Famers. 
Like, I'm with a Hall of Fame coach that's won rings and Steve Kerr. Like, Steve Kerr's got a lot of rings, by the way. I mean, Bulls, Warriors. Like yeah, every every finger, like with two rings on it, basically at this point. I mean, he's he's got a lot of rings. And so when you learn from that coach, like Andrew Wiggins might be able to come back and 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 help a young Anthony Edwards, you know, and be an outlet guy that can just give you exciting dunks now and then. Hit a, he's he's got his confidence. We're taking threes now. Um, maybe that's the Warriors, though. Maybe the Warriors gave him that confidence. But I did say they would win. I did say Steph Curry should be the MVP. I thought Wiggins, like, and, you know, Andre Gadala, who knows what he was doing. But, yeah, like, it, it is what it is, man. Like, the, the, the Warriors, like, we said it, like, a month ago, I think, you and I said this. The mm -hmm. Warriors got hot at the right time. Even though they were three seed, they were the scariest three seed. We were saying the, the Timberwolves did not want them. Like, we, we talked about that. Like, you don't want to be the sixth seed. Like seven is probably where you want to be. Five or seven. You don't want that six. You don't want to deal with the Warriors right now because they are hot. And they remained hot. And now we have our champions. Well, that'll yeah. do it. Oh, yeah. No, you what you said to say. Uh, just really awesome validation for the Warriors dynasty now that they, they've got one before Durant, one after Durant. And Curry, True. Curry's now been the best player, clearly, on two championship teams. Whereas if if there was two out of three of his titles were with Durant, I think people would quest. They would find a way to pick apart the legacy. They can't do that anymore. Yeah, I mean he's and he's young. Like he's not old. I mean he's not old, but he's not young. But he's not like he's not done. Like he can win five or six. Like we might be like then you got to have that Jordan conversation because it's all about rings. And he gets it done. And he's one of the best shooters in NBA history. Like we don't ever throw him up there. We go LeBron, Jordan, uh, Kareem. Magic, Steph Curry might have to be in that greatest of all time conversation. You might not like it because he's not dunking on people and he's not just bullying people, but he's the best shooter of all time. And he might end up with more rings or just like maybe the same as Jordan with six. But that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show. That's Sam Ekstrom. That was Terrence Campbell. You heard what we think about KOC and the Vikings. It's coming up. They got to prove it. And please continue to subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, iHeart app, wherever you get your podcast, please continue to subscribe on there, share, tell your friends about it. All the YouTube watchers, we thank you for your support. Have a great day.